What's up, y'all? It's your boy, the one and only A Switch, aka Marissa Tomei's future husband. <laughs> I don't know if she might be married. I'll assume she's married already. Anyway, I still stand. <laughs> I still stand by that statement. Um. AKA Dokomaki Tiger Dropper, AKA the undisputed, undefeated, uncontested social distancing champion, AKA the Nicola Master. <laughs> Bringing you yet another episode of Switch Sights, episode 134 to be exact. Um, today's date. <laughs> is uh december 17th 2021 uh right at midnight um man i i'm just distraught right now um i came just came from watching spider-man so you have to excuse me i might (laughs) potentially might be out of it because that movie really uh i can't even well We'll, we'll talk about it later in the show, but I'm just like, just in speechless, really just, yeah, I can't even, I was, I was literally, uh, debating, like maybe I should pull this off, but I think I, I'll, uh, snap out of it at some point. It was. I guess spoiler alert, it's it was that good. So um fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um what else? Uh for those that don't know, uh Switch Sites Podcast is a, a solo video game podcast where I talk about just that. And obviously uh some nerdy semi-related stuff such as Marvel movies and stuff like that. So man, (laughs) I'm still, I'm still reveling from it. I'm still, I still am. Um, yeah, man, we have, uh, outside of that, (laughs) I am very, getting very much distracted, but outside of that, um, have a pretty packed, show uh for you today uh got a lot of interesting stuff to talk about especially especially uh the aforementioned spider-man so um yeah man uh i guess some minor house housekeeping uh this will probably be the last episode of the year yeah believe this is going to be the last episode of the year. Yeah. I'm going to take me a nice little break. Uh, I assume nothing's going to be popping in the game, uh, gaming zeitgeist. So, uh, I think that'll be a perfect time to kind of, uh, have a break, reflect on things and, uh, you know, come back 10 times harder. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Not like 10 times harder as in a erection. I mean, it could, I mean, it depends on how you interpret it, but 
<sighs> Let me stop. Um, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to probably talk about matrix, but I think I could save that for, um, the new year, <laughs> at least give, uh, get some time to reflect on it. But, um, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, obviously the holidays are near, uh, happy holidays. Uh, if you celebrating, you know, with your respective holidays as well. Um, but also be safe, you know, <laughs> cause this pandemic is not over. That's, I think that's been made very apparent recently. Um, so yeah. And you know what, without further ado, let's stop the dilly dallying and get right into it. Uh, first topic of discussion. Oh, this is pretty, pretty great. Uh, Christmas present. If you ask me, um, splinter cell remake has been confirmed to be in the works. Um, so, uh, this was a, a tweet that came out earlier this week, uh, by Ubisoft's Twitter. Uh, let me get covert third echelon standby. A splitter cell remake is underway at Ubisoft Toronto. Learn more about the project and how you could join the team. That, that actually went, that went from covert to the Southern real quick. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> either way, um, yeah, uh, it, uh, I got the trademark goggles with the, you know, triple green dots, you know, ah, uh, so good. Um, which, um, I don't know. It seems like a, it's good on one end and on the other, other side, I guess that's maybe the more, uh, I don't know. Sad part is that like, yeah, like <laughs> this is way super early. Like they probably haven't even done anything yet. They just announced that they are working on it. So excuse me, which is fine, but, um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I guess I kind of would have liked to have seen a trailer and gameplay and stuff, but I mean, clearly they're obviously not at that point by any stretch of the imagination, I would assume. Um, but you know, it's good to at least get confirmed of having a splinter cell remake, which, uh, I mean, obviously I've clearly shown myself, but huge fan of, a, a splinter cell loved pretty much the whole series, especially, especially the multiplayer. I think I'm pretty certain I've talked about it before, but love the mo love and miss the multiplayer, uh, which I think there is an indie, um, some indie developer making a kind of a spiritual successor to it, uh, which I, I still need to check out. That's, that's going to be in my list if, if I remember, but, um, yeah, man, uh, it's good to uh, get Sam Fisher back. Hopefully, Hopefully we get, uh, you know, his, uh, voice actor, original voice actor, um, Michael Irons, uh, you know, I just want that creepy, elusive, um, 
kind of seducing, kind of sexy. I mean, as respectfully as a man, you know, appreciating other people's voices and stuff, but and creepy at this. Oh, I need it. Just need that voice while he, you know, grabbing people. Oh, do you want this? <laughs> do you want this uh, uh, quiet or loud? Oh, Sam, please. Any, <laughs> anyway, please, please. Just whatever you want. Um, I, I can't wait to crack necks, uh, throw cans at people and knock them out unconscious. <laughs> I think that was a thing in the original game. You could literally like throw a, throw like a, a probably a aluminum, empty aluminum can and <laughs> they would be <laughs> slumped. <laughs> Just, it's funny thinking of the ragdoll physics and just, <laughs> just slumped. Oh man, it's it's coming back. It's coming back. Oh man, that's. Oh, I'm just thinking of the oh man, the ragdoll physics. <laughs> it's always the, the ragdoll physics are way more exaggerated than uh you know they should be <laughs> you just throw a simple tin can and it <laughs> I'm sorry oh, man uh those were good times those were good times I miss them dearly man uh but hey I won't miss them as much now that I can kind of uh have it reimagined and well I mean, dare I say remade, uh, obviously with, um, at least this being announced. So <sighs> it's good. It's at least good to get some confirmation. I am, I am thankful for that. So definitely on my radar, anything we see, um, I'm looking forward to, I don't know, a part of me, like deep down inside would have liked like, uh, I mean, it probably would have made it worse technically, but would have liked some like, I don't know, like at least a teaser or something with Michael Ironside's voice. And then, you know, you hear the signature and, you know, I don't know, do something like I got to save my daughter uh, for justice. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, I am. I am just as uh thankful and elated either way, of course. Hopefully they do bring the multiplayer back. I think, I think the last one, which was conviction blacklist. I think blacklist, I think it technically had multiplayer, but I don't think it had the verses, which I guess we'll see. I guess technically if they're remaking the first one, which didn't come with multiplayer, um, I guess we, that wouldn't be the expectation, but it would be a nice, you know, little bonus if, if, if we see, but at least going from what they're saying, it's, it's too, too early to tell, but either way, man, splinter cell, Sam Fisher is coming back. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Cue the, uh, D Dwayne Wade meme. I love it. I love it. Moving on.
Wow. <laughs> this story. Oh, man. We got to dissect. We have to dissect. So, uh, Final Fantasy 14. The game that uh, just, just is caught on like wildfire at least from what i've heard about it if it the fervor and popularity reminds me a lot of pokemon for some reason i don't know just like some very just un i guess why i make that comparison is just a very i don't know unrivaled um just pandemonium of of uh I guess something I don't know much about, even though I do know a, a fair amount of Pokemon, at least the earlier generations, but either way, um, of course the recent DLC, uh, came out like a week ago, uh, shadow and Walker and Walker. I think shadow bringers was a previous one, but <laughs> this is so crazy to me that like literally, uh, square Enix, is literally suspending new sales of Final Fantasy 14 due to overwhelming server congestions. <laughs> I would just, I'd really love to be in uh, the fly, uh, fly in the room of like Square Enix's, uh, you know, um, I don't even know where you would call it, the, the, the management uh, place where they discuss the, the, this issue, <laughs> like, I mean, guys, we're, this game is, it, it, people are loving it way more than we would expect. Um, uh, they can't buy anymore. Just, just cut off the sales, cut them off. Nobody gets any, any more of, <laughs> of final fantasy 14. Stop it. Stop it right now. That is crazy to me. But I mean, on the other end, it is understandable as uh, obviously <laughs> if the so many people are playing it, obviously, you know, people are people that probably have been with the game for. I know it's very rough start. I, I at least recall 14 having a very rough start and then very much gradually improving further down the line. But, um, you know, hardcore fans like being like kind of kind of screwed because of like new people. Like, I mean, hypothetically me at some point, <laughs> just want to play some, uh, you know, final fantasy 14. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, this is, uh, I'm on a free, <laughs> I'm on a free trial right now. Uh, I think it's like 15 hours. So, um, ah, sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 500 hour player with like three characters that like are, <laughs> three characters and a, a combined total of what 2000 hours or something like that. I'm totally hyper, uh, shooting out, shooting blanks right now. I, I believe you can, uh, at least from various, uh, you know, people that are fans of the game, I believe you can have multiple characters and, uh, I believe the hours are very long in terms of probably various miscellaneous stuff you can do as somebody from the outside looking in specifically with this game, but <laughs> either way, <laughs> that is kind of, that would kind of make me mad. Now that I think about it, 
like literally a hardcore fan that's been with the game since day one, day zero, that, you know, even with its rough edges and then seeing the game progress to be way better, probably put in like 5,000 hours, maybe the only game they play. And <laughs> just, I guess technically somebody like me just coming like, uh, Hey, yeah, I just heard this game is really good. So I just would, uh, just want to join. Um, I'm just one of the many people that are just taking up the server queue for people that, uh, you know, legitimately, uh, reasonably so way more deserving than me to even play it, you know, uh, especially this end content that I would never get to, uh, until like 300 hours or whatever later. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Now I'm just putting it all together. That's kind of funny, but I, as well, I'm like growing further, a further ad admiration and empathy for like, um, you know, hardcore FF, uh, 14 players. So, uh, but I mean, obviously the other reason is that, um, I think technically they would get more servers, but because of the apparent obvious, uh, chip shortage that has been affecting that as well in terms of them getting more servers to accommodate the increase of, um, or flux of, uh, you know, new players for uh, final fantasy 14. So yeah. Um, very, very interesting story, man. It's just fascinating. Like, I don't think I've ever heard, you know, you, you've obviously heard, you know, situations where people, uh, companies have, you know, cut off sales for, I guess, recently freaking Grand Theft Auto where, you know, uh, this game is horrible. Let's stop sales immediately. <laughs> guys, guys, this game is too good. Let's, uh, let's just, <laughs> we can't, we can't keep giving this up. <laughs> we can't keep giving this out. I mean, they, I don't think they, I think it's the subscription you pay, but still, uh, yeah. Seeing the server queue times, like 4,000, <laughs> you're 4,578 in the queue. Um, I'm curious how that works, but I guess we'll never find out until, uh, everything calms down. I definitely assume the holidays are going to be horrible too, but, um, I don't know. I'd say maybe they, they should probably do, uh, maybe they probably are putting this in the works already, but I think what would make sense is for them to have a kind of tier system or queue system, at least for the time being, you know, while they're having this issue with the servers where, you know, obviously they can go by hours played and stuff. And, you know, for the people that have played the game the longest, I think should technically get priority. Um, you know, when it comes to who's next in line after somebody leaves, um, you know, the server, you know, in that sense. So I'm curious if that, that, that is in the works, but I feel like that, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, considering, you know, just those are, those are obviously the people that are going to get to this, uh, last content, um, in Walker. So yeah. I would assume they're probably doing something like that. I think that's fair. I mean, even as somebody who's not in into it and is very much, um, <laughs> this close to, uh, uh, succumbing to the, to the addiction that is final fantasy 14. I'm, I'm just assuming it is, but yeah, 
very interesting. Very interesting. Hopefully, you know, I think this is, <laughs> this is definitely going to have the, um, well, first it had just the initial, uh, well-received reception and of course, obviously word of mouth, but now they're going to get the, um, <laughs> they're going to get the Barbara Streisand effect, which for those that may not know, is like basically when you tell somebody don't get something or, uh, don't buy this or, you know, sales have been cut off and things like that, that obviously people are going <laughs> to want to get it more. And especially when they, you know, um, let it let the game be available for sale. Just going to be like gangbusters. And <laughs> I think technically the problem is going to going to cycle again to some, some, some extent. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's funny too. You got other people like, please don't fucking play the game. <laughs> I would assume people like, yeah, like super high up, like a lot of hours logged in. Please stop fucking playing the game. I want to, <laughs> I want to play, um, which is valid. You know, I think in my opinion, but obviously would love a world where we could all play and give, uh, give square Enix more money than they probably don't need with, you know, freaking, uh, final fantasy seven remake came out on, um, on Epic game store, I think, uh, earlier, technically yesterday and charging 70 damn, what? <laughs> I'll damn a PC game for $70. You are smoking, but I digress. I heard also the port is not that good current in its current state. So I'll wait, I'll wait, wait for the steam version. Anyway, moving on. So that whole, you know, kerfuffle, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Kerf kerfuffle. There we go. Okay. Now I was, I was very off <laughs> the whole kerfuffle with PlayStation and uh, at least specifically D brand. But I know, I think there were a couple other, you know, related companies that, uh, Sony was taken down to, to my understanding. But, um, it seems like, uh, we finally saw what it was, what, what the purpose was for, which, uh, was that, uh, Sony has finally revealed, uh, PS five console covers. So I think as we all, uh, generally assumed, basically literally covers that you can replace, um, on, on your PS five, uh, like the D brand and technically quote unquote unofficial skins or, um, plates. Um, these things ain't necessarily cheap though for these <laughs> slabs of plastic. Uh, I believe it's going to be like generally 50, 55 bucks. So, <sighs> That's, that's sound. That seems a little high. It seems a little high for some plastic. That's just it. But I mean, I say that as somebody who did, did get a, get one. So, I mean, it does look good, you know, and it, it always, it's always nice to get the official, 
you know, whatever you call it, you know, and then it, one thing that (laughs) is about to get real dirty real quick. One thing I don't like about the technically unofficial, uh, plates is that, uh, it doesn't have the PS logo etched uh, for obvious reasons. And, uh, you can get one of these cool things from Amazon and any other, you know, related places. I'll soon wish Ali, I want to say Alibaba, but AliExpress, um, where you can put like the original PS PlayStation logo colors, uh, in the area of the, the, the PlayStation, uh, where it would show. So technically you could put a sticker on the general console itself. And then when you put the plate over it, um, it'll actually show the native, like, you know, classic PlayStation, you know, logo, um, with the, you know, colors. So that's super nerdy and, uh, irrelevant, but you know what? Hey, <laughs> is that's what you signed up for. Um, you didn't sign nothing. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So it, it, I, <laughs> I just find it funny <laughs> that, uh, yeah, just this is funny coincidence. They just taking all this legal action and then to turn the ass around and make, uh, make their own covers, which I mean, I, th- I think again, we all saw it coming, but I don't know. Just seeing it play in a- playing the action is it feels scummy, but it's like, I get it, but still feels scummy, you know? Uh, like <laughs> it feels like the video and in- marketing they're posting, like a big middle finger to D brand, at least of the most notable of the, you know, alternative plates. And, you know, of course you can get various miscellaneous ones from, you know, random, I would assume Chinese companies and stuff from like, uh, again, Amazon and other places like that. So, huh? Huh? Um, also there are, there are new colors with these to match these plates as well. So you got hot pink. Well, actually let me, I know they have their, you know, very specific, specifically named colors. I think the the one is midnight black cosmic red, like the controllers already released. It was like starlight blue and I'm guessing galaxy purple. And I forgot what they, (laughs) matched with pink, but either way, at least matching controllers with matching colors. And, uh, I think this is actually a very good concept. Um, at least especially considering our current situation in the pandemic where, you know, I think generally they would probably release a whole new console, but then they could still use the same skew and, um, just, you know, maybe just put a plate here and there or, have a dedicated bundle with that, um, you know, instead of doing a whole process, but I, I definitely can't wait. I mean, as much as I'll, I'll maybe, uh, roll my eyes at it. I can't wait to like, you know, all I'm waiting for is that give me that translucent blue and I'm in there. Just give me that. That's all I want. Translucent blue. Ugh. You, you gonna have me by the testicles. I'm just, I'm just saying something. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. If you were to hypothetically release a, uh, you know, 
see-through translucent blue and possibly sell it as well as maybe a controller. Who knows what might happen? I don't know. (laughs) Something might get purchased. I don't know. But I digress. (laughs) Um, yeah. So with all that being said, that actually concludes the news for this week and the end of the year, technically. Um, but as, as, as tradition, uh, for every final episode of the year, at least what I try to do, it's been so many episodes and years. I, I, it's hard to keep track, but, um, you already know we got to do it. We have to do it. And, uh, what it is, is my, um, top 10 games of 2021 son. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Uh, so, um, been, uh, I I think I've talked about this maybe, but been, uh, definitely diligently (laughs) keeping track of all the games I played and beat. And, uh, just to, um, just, just for interest in, you know, seeing how many games I play, I think technically, uh, if I do decipher that, I think I technically play like about 34 games in terms of played to completion, which is kind of crazy when I think about when I put in perspective, I did not think, uh, I went that hard, but I did, but it was a great experience. Also specifically for mass effect, I counted each game as its own, you know, uh, even though I guess technically it's one game, but obviously it's multiple games within one game, you know, technicalities aside, here are my top 10 games of 2021 starting off number 10 returnal returnal is a pretty pretty damn great game um had start we started off on on the wrong foot for sure but uh i gave it another chance and uh i really enjoyed it after with the you know the horrible. Um, you cannot. I think there was some save corruption where, uh, yeah, I think one of the patches that came out, it literally corrupted your save. So you literally lost all data. If you were like trying to play the game <laughs> and, you know, get to the end, progress, whatever. So that was a first strike. Uh, there was something else that bothered me wasn't necessarily the roguelike aspect. Cause I mean, I played a couple of them and they were, um, I'm, I'm totally open-minded to it, but I think that was the biggest one. Maybe that, and I was having a hard time. And then just that, <laughs> that mixed with the, the, the concept that like, I, I do all this for nothing. I like literally get halfway in the game and then my save data is cleared. Actually, that was it. I played like a good 
amount of time, I think roughly six or so hours. And then that patch came out and then the game uh, totally wiped all my data. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with this. And uh, yeah, so I had to, had to cool off on it for a while. And then, you know, eventually came back hearing all the patches and stuff that said it was okay to play. So uh, yeah, pretty much played through it. And, you know, obviously the roguelike elements um, were difficult in some aspects, but the, with the familiarity um, and then, you know, how it tells its story uh, actually did captivate me. And uh, I, uh, yeah, beat it and really, really enjoyed it. So Returnal number 10 um number nine metroid dread um man this game as <laughs> as my last game being metroid fusion which <laughs> ironically is uh uh i don't what's the terminology of its i don't I, yeah never mind it, it is a direct sequel to fusion technically so uh, I was like, man, that's pretty dope. So, uh, man, it's, it, it is a great game. I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, you know, the, the, I guess admittedly overused terminology of, uh, what would you say? Uh, oh, Metroidvania or sometimes they mix it. Sometimes they don't, but yeah, Metroidvania, Metroid something Metroid in it. They always <laughs> put Metroid in it. Understandably. So, you know, but, um, I mean, either way, it, it's a great game. Uh, the whole new implementation of, uh, Emmy, uh, as like kind of a nemesis, like, uh, uh, aspect to it. Um, ugh, the ending of the game in terms of the ending, uh, I guess act was really, really fulfilling, really good. Uh, it just, I, it's a lot I really enjoyed about this game. Um, and that is why it is number nine. Um, number number eight. eight. Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, as a pretty big Monster Hunter fan, uh, Monster Hunter Rise was, uh, pretty, pretty damn good <laughs> to be honest. Um, especially coming off a of world and it making a lot of minor improvements, uh, from world to rise to kind of make it more even, <laughs> which is kind of crazy, even more streamlined, more streamlined than monster hunter world was they did to rise. So let's make a, a streamlined game, even more streamlined. And that was Monster Hunter Rise. Um, very impressed by, at least as of now, currently only being on the Switch. Eventually, uh, about to come to the PC next year, but was very impressed by uh, the game running on the Nintendo Switch. It didn't. I was expecting like a lot of huge compromises with uh, this game being on the Switch, but it is very minimal and like at least not really noticeable unless you like, I guess literally played world and then went directly to rise. But, um, 
yeah, I'm very impressed, just especially from a technical aspect, how they were able to get this game running and looking pretty good, performing very good on uh, the Nintendo Switch. Um, but I mean, the new uh, mechanics, um, the I, I want to call them the ninja arts, but I know that's not it. Wire bug arts or something like that. Really, really fun aspect to the game. Um, love the uh, Japanese aesthetic. I mean, you know, more heavily than uh, a lot of other games in the series. Um, yeah, man, it was, just, it was good. I mean, it's Monster Hunter. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, you know, just you hunt monsters, just killing monsters with knives and stuff. <laughs> That is ignorant as hell, but you get, you get the idea. So that is why Monster and Rise is number eight. Number seven, Resident Evil Village. Um, as somebody who, uh, despises first person Resident Evil, uh, I have to, um, shamefully admit I, I did enjoy Resident Evil Village a, a lot. Um, I mean, they they kind of <laughs> went off a pretty solid base by, um, you know, taking a lot of inspiration from Resident Evil 4 in terms of the whole, you know, setting uh, castle and village. <laughs> oh, man, at least um, kind of uh, at least at least having a privilege to play test this game before it was like released to the public and announced and everything. I did not, I despised that name. Like they literally were saying like, yeah, guys, what do you guys think about resident evil village? I'm like, uh, it just doesn't, uh, why is it? I don't know. But I mean, at least now it's like after the fact, it's like, uh, it sticks, I guess. So anyway, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a solid resident evil game. It has the action elements, which I didn't like about uh seven where, it, you know, it had very few uh, action elements, which I think is always a pretty substantial component to any resident evil game. I mean, not heavily, but you know, a decent amount to like defend yourself in general. Um, pacing was pretty good. Uh, of course, how could I forget? Of course, the, the, uh, the infamous character that, uh, had everybody's penis hard. Let's, I mean, and, and vaginas, you know, moist. I mean, I, I just gotta say it. Um, Lady Dimitrescu, um, just had everybody foaming at the mouth, you know, um, admitted. I mean, it's understandable, obviously. Um, so there was that. Yeah, man. All in all, it was, it was pretty good. Definitely not like my favorite, like, uh, uh, I love, love this out of a lot of other games in the series, but it was a very solid resident evil game. Um, that definitely would, I would put above a lot of other ones in the series, but, uh, I would, it, it would be, uh, it's just the first person camera still gets me to this day. I'm just, a fan and advocate for a uh, third person Resident Evil games, but 
I digress. I mean, it's, 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 it was still a fun ride. Uh, I still had a lot of fun of it. Played, replayed it, uh, uh, a lot of times. So that is why I consider resident evil village. Number seven. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of funny because it's resident evil seven was before it. I mean, and you know, I mean, come on. Number six, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Intergrade, Intermission. Jesus. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy VII, VII Remake, Intergrade, Intermission. intermission. That is... <sighs> One th- these Japanese companies need to stop. You got Nier with the Nier num- version number 278-879-33022. Version uh, auto automatic. <laughs> That's ignorant. Let me stop. But um, yeah, <laughs> weird long name aside. Uh, Final Fantasy remake intermission. I'm just gonna say that. Um, was pretty great. Uh, as obviously a fan of Final Fantasy seven. Um, but it was it's a pretty substantial DLC to uh supplement uh final fantasy seven remake um which i think is worthwhile i was like about 10 hours which i was very surprised by in terms of all the content and then you it 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 gives you a lot of good stuff to savor until the uh part two or whatever the next final fantasy seven remake continuation will be um ah it was just good all around It, it just had a lot of really great additions and content, uh, Yuffie and, uh, Ruan, 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 something like that. Um, it was just great. Ugh, it's so good. So good. Also playing it in 60 FPS. Ugh, so good. That is why, <laughs> uh, it goes at number six. So, Number five, Streets of Rage Four, Mr. X's Nightmare. Man, man, man. This is like literally some of the best DLC I have played. Um, I, I, I'd say this year. This is probably definitely the best DLC I've played this year. I'll happily stand by that statement because, man. <sighs> Streets Rage Four, which is a great game in of itself, but then you put in the 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 element of randomness and uh, progression in terms of earning new characters, and then they added uh, a lot of the highly requested and desired characters: Estelle, Max Steel, uh, I think is Max Steel, I'm Max Thunder. There we go, Max Thunder, uh, Shiva. Ugh, they, they, ugh, they, they really listened to the fans and they delivered, man. They really did. And then playing the, the, even the, the, the story, uh, again with, uh, the new characters is, is fun. Just, you know, experimenting. And then you, the characters have, uh, a secondary move that like 
totally like changes their properties in terms of like how you mentally at least think about playing them and stuff like that. Ah, magnifique. It is, it is, it is great. I'm, I'm shoot. I got the urge to play it right now, but, um, and that's just a testament to how great, uh, this DLC is. It is fun. You could play it with up to four players. It is, uh, this is, this is like, this is the, um, uh, the DLC that, uh, I think a lot of beat up fans really were yearning for. I forgot about the, the progression of getting like uh, power ups that also change your properties of your attacks and, you know, potentially makes them more powerful. Oh, oh, oh man, I'm getting turned on. The nipples are getting hard. So, I mean, clearly <laughs> that's a testament to how great Street Rage 4 Mr. X Nightmare DLC is. And that is why it is number five number four resident evil Four vr man 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 one of my favorite games of all time and am amateur arbitrary i think amateur studios like huh how can we make people that love resident evil 4 love it all over again <laughs> Uh, VR and I have to say I was very skeptical about it. And after literally jumping into VR specifically solely for this game, I am very much a believer of VR because they really, really successfully translated this game to VR, which I never thought would be possible. Um, which is just, I guess, uh, um, an, an, an indication of just how great, uh, the potential of VR is how, you know, they could potentially translate a lot of other stuff in a VR. Uh, and this is definitely a prime example of how this game, um, how, how VR is actually feasible in terms of translating, you know, already established games into VR and, Ah, man. And then there's the, also the additional stuff that you can't do in the, um, the, I guess, what do you call it? The vanilla game, I guess, technically that, um, you know, you could do here, you can do a wheel weapons, toss, toss magazines and reload in the air. And, ah, it's very good. Very good. So that is why (laughs) weirdly enough it is, uh, at, number four, I didn't intentionally do that. It just, it just, I was, uh, you know, debating on the list and it just was always literally at four. So there you go. Number three, (laughs) I'm just realizing the trend now, but, um, no more heroes three. Um, if you, if you know me, you know me, (laughs) I am a huge fan of no more heroes. Um, just the style, uh, vibe personality. Um, yeah, just Suda Suda 51 just has that. Just, I don't even know how to describe it. Just that 
umph. I don't even, it's hard to even describe just that sense of presentation. That's probably the best way to describe it. Just a, a, a huge stylistic sense of presentation that you can definitely feel with every game that I think makes games a lot more appealing than they would be otherwise. So, and that's <laughs> still the case with no more heroes three. Um, it definitely made some interesting choices, which obviously I think was due to, uh, the compromises that he had to make to make an exclusive game for the Nintendo switch and probably budget and whatnot. But, um, I, I played it once, you know, still need to think about it. <laughs> I did play it again. And I think I played it a third time and I was like, you know, I've clearly like it either way, but, um, yeah, I really grew to like it. And just to, again, the whole presentation style story vibes is, uh, definitely something you will not find anywhere else. I could definitely say that because it's that good in my opinion. Um, yeah, Travis, Oh, I mean, what has been, it was like 12 years since the previous game. So, uh, it's just really good to see Travis back, back in at it. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is, I mean, obviously it's biased cause it's my top 10, but you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a soft spot. I always have for no more heroes and, uh, damn it. This game exploited it to, to a fullest. Uh, but I really enjoyed it either way. Um, I like the, like the new combat implementations. Um, unfortunately they didn't, uh, you don't have the various beam katanas, but I really did enjoy at least what they did to compromise that where they kind of combined them into one, depending on how good you play, if that makes sense. But, um, in terms of it modifies in terms of its length and, uh, speed and, and your combo strings and, and things like that. So really, really, really enjoyed no more heroes three, at least now. And even the more I'm thinking about it too, like I could literally play it, play it right now all over again, which I think is indicative of why it is at number three, number two. Halo infinite. <laughs> Somebody need to play the, um, <laughs> with the hot ones meme <laughs> with, uh, uh, who's ant man. I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> who, who thought we would have been here? Not me. <laughs> that is halo infinite for sure. Because of the, you know, definitely the uncertainty, obviously with the huge delay of a year, uh, back in 2020. Um, and at least, I think we all, uh, understandably so had our doubts about this game, but I think, uh, it's definitely very, uh, very, um, I don't know, humbling, heartwarming as somebody who's always rooting for the Xbox. Obviously I root for all the consoles, but it, it's pretty apparent that Xbox is considered the underdog in the current console race. Um, but it is definitely good to see Halo specifically come back to its, uh, you know, to its form, um, with this, with this, uh, iteration, Halo Infinite and man, it really did. It really delivered, man. The campaign was pretty solid. I really liked its take on the free, free roam, I guess, open world, um, 
kind of a, I guess, design. And uh, it really made it work, which I'm very surprised by. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The encounters, the exploration. It's like literally playing, uh, I forgot the one stage from the original game, but literally expanding upon that, which at least, uh, I guess they really depended on the execution, which they did successfully with this. So that is why, um, I, I, man, multiplayer is like undefeated. It's free to play. And, um, it's really good. And they're they're They've been continually making, uh, improvements, listening to feedback. And, uh, I think this, this multiplayer has a lot of potential to like really be very, uh, very substantial depending on, you know, if they release maps, uh, maybe some weapons here and there. Um, yeah, they really have a really solid foundation, uh, to really build this multiplayer to really make it super compelling to, uh, consistently play, you know, for years on end. Um, I can see that already. So I guess it's ultimately up to them, but at least in its current state as of now, that is why Halo Infinite is a number, number two, number one. Um, I mean, uh, clearly as well, I'm biased, but <laughs> that is why this is my top 10. Um, lost judgment. I mean, I'm a sucker for, for a uh, Ryu Gotoku games and lost judgment did not disappoint. Um, uh, it, 90 hours gone, but I loved every minute of it. <laughs> very fulfilling, um, sub stories. Uh, I guess in this game there are side cases. Uh, it, it's very good. And then, uh, the combat, super improved and it's like a, a very, very, uh, great blend between Yakuza, Yakuza one or Yakuza Kwame one and judgment, the original judgment where, um, you have a lot of fighting styles, but, uh, which, which I really love cause you know me, I'm a sucker for some juggles. If it, <laughs> if you can parry and juggle, I'm in just, that's all I need. And, uh, this game does that tenfold. Um, uh, it's a, it's a lot of interesting combat opportunities you can do as well as of course the, the heat actions with, I think they're called EX in this, in this game. Of course you got me. He's a, he's a pretty dope character and his whole crew of friends that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of obviously come from the original game, uh, a lot of continuity in that respect, especially also with the sub stories from the, uh, the original game. Um, yeah, man, don't sleep on lost judgment. I feel like this is definitely another Yakuza game. That's going to be, uh, kind of slept on, which is unfortunate because it's a lot to really love with this game that, uh, even if you don't want to, I mean, I can't even say that. Cause I think a lot of the greatness in lost judgment is the, uh, the sub stories. I feel like you miss out on a lot if you don't play the sub stories, but I mean, it's, it's, it's like 90 hours, but I mean, it's, it's a good 90 hours. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, man. Lost Judgment is really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It really paid off in the end as well. I did not see where a lot of stuff was going, but the a lot of the plots really tied themselves up pretty well and it um definitely had a very fulfilling ending. And yeah, man. Lost Judgment. That is why Lost Judgment is it's number no 1. So good. So good. Overall, at least reflecting on uh, 2021 in in games as, as a year, it was a it was a very interesting year in a lot of ways. But it was a lot of solid games that actually came out, especially considering the uh, pandemic, which is I think always an achievement of itself, considering like the huge, huge detriment that is to like development and you know collaboration. Um, and things like that and, you know, testing games and stuff. So yeah, 2021 was a pretty solid year, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, of course there's a lot of games I didn't get to, <laughs> uh, at least notable ones. Uh, Shimigami Tensei five have it, have not got to it. Um, Def loop heard a lot of good stuff about that. I've not got to that. It takes two, um, have <laughs> always, <laughs> of course the game forces you to play with people, but people have probably already played and, or that whole ordeal of coordinating with somebody to play with strictly is uh tough. So I've never gotten to that. Um, what else? Um, I think those are really the notable ones that I like. I really missed out on that I've liked to really would like to have played, but just never got a chance to, but also shout out to <laughs> shout out to the classic games. I actually managed to play. I always at least managed to get those in, um, specifically, uh, <laughs> persona five, uh, Royal. That was fun. That was, <laughs> that was a good 160 hours uh, that I thoroughly enjoyed, man. That was a great game. Uh, uh, shouts out disaster report, um, for the PS2. That's, that was pretty fun. Uh, games are great, man. Let's, let's not forget that games are wonderful. You know, that is games are a great experience. I, I highly recommend it. If you have not, I mean, but you probably wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't interested in games to some extent, but I digress. Uh, shouts out to house of ashes. That was a pretty fun game. Um, probably next, next best game, uh, from until dawn, which are the same people that made that too. So, um, guardians of the galaxy, pretty, pretty great game. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I think that just, that technically would have been 11. Uh, honestly, so, uh, so much, so much, but gotta get, gotta give them, gotta give these game day flowers, man. Gotta give it to them. So (sighs) with that being said, let's, um, move on to what I've been playing, which has been (laughs) Halo Infinite, of course. Um, so 
uh, (laughs) finished the campaign over this past weekend. And, you know, like I've said already, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Pretty great. Um, yeah, just really good. Not to repeat myself, but Halo is back. Halo is back. It is back in back to its form. It has been redeemed, um, which is as a fan is, is as great to great to, uh, great to see. You love to see it. You love to see it. Um, but at least speaking specifically on the multiplayer, um, (laughs) man, multiplayer has been a struggle. It has been a struggle, man. It has been a struggle. So, uh, since last episode, I think I reached diamond rank. And just to recap, I think it's bronze, silver, gold, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, onyx. I'm currently at in diamond, diamond four. Um, (laughs) The, the the plan was the to reach Onyx, but I don't know now. <laughs> it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. I'll say that. Um, it obviously has been getting super sweaty. The perspiration has been been at max maximum levels. Uh, the sodium the sodium uh is 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 has been increasing ever so much. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's been. It's been rough. It's been rough. Um, I can't even. <laughs> I think it's just just people that are playing better, playing better. Probably, uh, you know, obviously teamwork to some extent. Um, what else? Oh yeah, freaking hackers definitely ran into those because it was it was a lot of kill camps. I'm like, uh, I don't. You just. <laughs> You just instantly killed me with a battle rifle when I had full shields. I don't <laughs> something doesn't uh something doesn't add up there. I don't know the calculations are calculations are a little off. I don't I try to I try to, you know, do trigonometry, but it's just not <laughs> this Pythagorean theorem is not uh not helping me out here. So been a lot of scenarios like that where it's like been some very sus sus kills. And, um, I think that's what I need to do. I was, I need to look at the stats more. Cause I know like if they got like a hundred percent accuracy and things like that, it's like that definitely leaves like, mm, um, I don't know about that. So that's been fun. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, but I have to say it's, it's, it's pretty fun to have gotten back into the, I guess, uh, ranked sweatiness, if you will. Uh, I think the last time I recall really doing that was back in, uh, well, I guess technically overwatch with my friends here. Um, but even before that was like maybe the three sixty days with like call of duty. And then of course, halo, halo two back in the day, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun though. Either way fun trying to get to the top, ideally getting the onyx. That's kind of where I would, <laughs> I obviously have to retire cause that's the max level. But, um, I think there is some kind of sub meta game when you get the onyx too, but 
I guess nothing substantial, I don't think, but either way. Yeah. Really enjoying the ranked. And then now the new playlist came out. I messed with that as well. Uh, they uh, released, what is it called? Something SWAT. Well, it should be SWAT, but I think they call it Tactical Slayer, which is like, just call it SWAT. That's what it is. It's what it's always been. Um, which is basically, for those that don't know, SWAT is uh, Halo with no shields. So essentially, um, headshots are insta kill for everybody. And it's pretty much a quick draw, a magic quick draw. Whoever gets a headshot first wins. So um, had some pretty good games uh, there. Uh, Fiesta, of course, which we, you know, had a taste before with, uh, uh, that timed event, the 10 Rye event, um, free for all, which is pretty fun as well. Um, pretty, pretty great. Um, I think I might, who don't let it, don't let, don't let them, don't let them make a ranked free for all. Cause this is about to be a problem if that's the case. Um, what else? Of course, team slayer is back um as well i uh actually took the liberty to to mess with the pc version which you know for those that don't know you can actually you know transfer uh if you have you know your existing xbox account you can use the same account and uh have the same progression on the pc version also uh, i mean i'm not sure if this was confirmed or not but you do get achievements um, steam achievements for achievements on Xbox, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, that like, you know, achievements you get on Xbox, you also get on steam. But I think even the campaign, the campaign ones I did get as well, since I didn't buy the, the campaign for PC, but just specifically the, um, multiplayer, which is free. So, uh, had some interesting, (laughs) experience with the performance. I, I noticed I ran into a lot more laggy and inconsistent matches on PC versus Xbox. And I'm not sure what could be going on there. I know there's some issues with PC in general, but, um, I don't know. I'll probably wait until some more patches come out, but overall I did still have a pretty solid experience outside of that. I think some of the playlists probably maybe warrant more laggier matches, maybe because of queue times and people maybe not playing those as much as the other playlists, if I would guess. And I mean, I was playing somewhat late, I guess like 10, 10 or 11 ish at the time. But, um, I'm, I'm just generally still comfortable with console anyway, even though I technically played the PC version with a controller, which I think they match you accordingly anyway, I think specifically by input type. So, um, yeah, I think that pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about for Halo. So I'm gonna leave it right there. I'm not going, I'm not going to talk anymore. I need to on it. Um, after that, also played uh GTA online the um the contract which uh for those that don't know this is at least what has been marketed and hyped up to be is like this next big substantial story story based update um 
for Grand Theft Auto Online. Which I think we briefly talked about last episode. Um, but at least having played it a bit of it, at least, um, it's pretty good. It's probably, probably the best. Hmm. Probably the best DLC. I guess it's hard to fully make that judgment since I haven't fully completed it, but so far it's feeling like the best DLC since the, uh, heist update. Um, but what I like about this, this, uh, this DLC is that it seems to be more natural than, uh, the other various miscellaneous DLC stuff, which I think was always my gripe with the, you know, periodical updates and mission packs or whatever was that, which I think I briefly talked about before last episode was that it would, what am I thinking of? It would, uh, if you wanted to play this specific story, just to kind of just play all the, the, the stories for, or all the missions for the DLC, you would generally just have to set up a match and wait for people to match make. And then at least my experience is normally people would join and then leave or, it'd be two people and then we're waiting for another person or all of us are in a match. And then it's just one person that who of course is the host that left, left the, the, the console to do something. I don't know, smoke. I don't know, you know, uh, just punch people. I don't know what they doing, but they away from the, away from the console hosting the match. And they're the last person that needs to say yes to start it. And then because of that, wasting like 10 minutes waiting for, waiting for this person. And then, (laughs) then, then it's only two people when they come back. It's, it's irritating, at least from a solo queue perspective, which at least generally, um, for the most part, pretty much do, um, you know, with, uh, some exceptions here and there, but yeah. So that was always my gripe with GTA online in, in general was because they always all had that barrier to entry. It feels like, and you know, I don't feel like doing the work of trying to network and find people who want to play, which even though I've, I've joined some discord servers and stuff like that, but I've just, uh, <laughs> it feels like a chore. Cause I was like, at some point it's like, I just want to play. I just want to play and just, I just want to play, you know? So that's probably, uh, I mean, to, I guess depending on how you perceive it, a first world problem, but either way, um, yeah. So with this DLC, it is way more single player friendly and that. I think that's what I was getting at is that like, I, I guess I can't a hundred percent say that because you are required to, I think you are required to do some of the, the other, uh, DLC, I think specifically like either the motorcycle DLC. I think there was some CEO DLC where, uh, when you join that or buy whatever you need to, which is again, another annoying barrier to entry for somebody who's not played this yet. 
um, is like, I think to like hypothetically for one of the other DLCs, like specifically the motorcycle gang where they put a requirement to play this new DLC, you have to be a president of a motorcycle gang, which you can only do if you buy a property to start a motorcycle game, which generally at least it depends on what you buy. I think the cheapest, at least specifically for a motorcycle gang is like 250 K ish. It's somewhere in that area to like a million, depending on how you want to scale. Uh, you know, obviously if you ball and like that and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's, um, you know, there's that, that is, I, I think will definitely be pretty off putting. I think maybe hypothetically, if somebody is the, is the person that has bought and invested in a company or whatever that they can have like their friends join them and then play the content that way, I believe. So maybe that's technically avoidable since more than likely somebody who's played and earned a lot of the stuff will probably want you to play anyway. So I guess depending on who you ask, that might be a potential barrier in itself. But with all that aside, if you meet those uh, conditions, you can then like just go to your place within the GTA world and then literally start a mission and then go, go, you probably get a minor cutscene here and there and then go to the location within the game, within the world where all the people are, you know, free roaming. So, uh, I think that in of itself is a vast improvement to this DLC compared to the other one because, because of that, where it's not a, just a barrier. <laughs> then when you want to load into a mission, you have to wait like 30 seconds, even with a SSD, I guess we'll, I guess we'll wait and see when, when, uh, the series X and uh PS five versions come out that do actually utilize the, um, super speedy, um, uh, SSD storage, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, that in of itself, I, I really enjoy that. Um, you know, it's not that much of a bear, but as somebody who's just been playing it just solo, uh, it seems to be one or two players, but I'm guessing it depends on the criteria that you might have more characters that you can play with, but yeah, at least I'm enjoying it so far. They added a lot of music. Um, I think they revamped the, uh, West coast classic station where it's got, <laughs> they got 50 cent in the club. Like what they got. Um, they got Afro puffs, uh, by I think lady rage. Uh, and then I think a couple of new stations in general, pretty, pretty dope. And I guess <laughs> I forgot about the, I guess what I'm assuming is the general main plot is to get Dr. Dre's phone. Cause he has like a lot of heat, <laughs> a lot of beats and songs that he, uh, he was trying to get out. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I do want to play more, which is uh, definitely way different than what I've felt with the other DLCs where it's like, uh, it's such a pain to try to, just do the missions that you haven't done yet. Uh, it's always people want to play the same mission you've already done. I'm just ideally want to play stuff. I've haven't, I haven't played, but it still feels like that's a, that's a huge barrier. Um, 
with GTA Online, which I'm guessing it seems like they're trying to make improvements. They, I think they have a playlist specifically for games or a match missions you haven't played yet. I, I think I didn't fully explore it. Um, but that's, uh, at least from what they claim to say is a thing. So we'll see overall though. I, th- this is probably the most I've been engaged with GTA online. Um, yeah, since the heist update, uh, where I did actually <laughs> diligently try to coordinate and play with, um, people, I guess it kind of just happened, but either way, um, yeah. So GTA online, the contract, <laughs> it feels like <laughs> it might as well, in my opinion, from what I've witnessed so far, it might as well be GTA online, uh, Dr. Dre. <laughs> That's what it should have been called. GTA online, Dr. Dre edition or something. That would have been pretty funny. Uh, also of course, shouts out to Lamar and, uh, um, Lamar and Franklin who are, you know, huge, huge characters in, in this DLC as well. Um, which I think I talked about previously. It's pretty much what we thought where, you know, he's the head honcho with this company that you bought and you're both helping each other out and he's kind of gotten you through the way and you know, Hey, just, you know, learn from me, man. I, I was, I was messing with these two, <laughs> these two white dudes that was, that really showed me the way he didn't say that. I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. GTA online, the contract, AKA Dr. Dre edition. <laughs> I think he, I thought he, he was hosting, he was hosting uh West coast classics, but I think it's somebody else. Cause they mentioned on the radio, like, Hey man, Hey dog. I mean, Dr. Dre's phone is lost. If one of y'all out there go, if y'all one of y'all find it, please give it back to him, please. Like, okay, I guess this is me getting really, uh, <laughs> really meta, but that concludes what I've been playing. Um, lost track. Get into what I've been watching, which has been Hawkeye episode five. Um, pretty good, pretty good. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. The build up, and I have the gay, I have to gay, have to say, uh, shouts out to, um, Disney plus, you know, obviously Marvel for Hawkeye. They, I've, I've been really, really captivated through these, this whole series so far. Um, yeah. Episode five just keeps kicking it up. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, uh, pretty, pretty big spoilers, I guess. I mean, so spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Hawkeye, uh, towards the end, uh, they finally revealed slash confirmed that, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, AKA Kingpin from, uh, uh, Daredevil, the Netflix series is technically now in the MCU technically. Um, I guess it's still up in the air how what how this is gonna play out. 
and we'll uh, more than likely find out more from um, the episode six next week. But um, it's pretty dope. It was really good to finally get that confirmation because it's been heavily, you know, rumored. So overall, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying Hawkeye. Very surprised. Who would have known? Who would have knew? And <laughs> because of that, uh, actually, I also uh, watched uh, Daredevil. Uh, actually, like, I watched like two episodes of the first season, the first two episodes of the first season, like back in like 2015, 16, I think. And never got back to it. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Now's probably the perfect time and, uh, watch episode three. And I am totally out of the loop and at least specifically some of these characters. So I'm more than likely probably just gonna at least re rewatch one and two to just get a refresher and, uh, you know, keep going after that, but thoroughly enjoying uh, daredevil so far, at least I only watched, uh, episode three so far, season one, episode three. Yeah, <laughs> thought of maybe maybe the other way around, but really really enjoying uh you know Matt Murdock, uh AKA Daredevil, um his all his dynamics with the lawyer uh uh do you call it lawyer firm firm I think just firm the firm Murdock and that other guy <laughs> Murdock and that other guy Industries. And, uh, the plot with this, I think news, uh, news editor in chief, I'm, I'm assuming I'm probably wrong in that, but, uh, I guess seeing how he plays out, uh, with at least this show, this episode where, uh, the one girl that's the secretary I, that at least from what I got from this episode is supposedly she saved she was saved by daredevil and now she's working for him or something like that and kind of seeing how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely interested. Obviously <laughs> it's funny. I watched Punisher. I know he comes in, I think the later seasons. Um, but yeah, never fully watched daredevil, which, um, now at least recently, definitely going to catch up on that. So now, The moment, the moment of truth. We have come. We have come full circle. <laughs> and that is Spider Man No Way Home. Man. Let me let me sip to this. Let me So I'm like speechless still. So as you saw, like, uh, at the start of the show, uh, I was still like reeling from, from that movie. That's, I think that's just a testament to how good it is. I'm just like, I just had a sensory overload, like literally the whole movie. It's hard to even like articulate and define 
define what I experienced with that movie. It's just, that's, I think that's just indicative of how good it is, man. It is very good. It is very good. It is, uh, it's definitely seriously competing with uh, Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. It's like right up there. Ugh, I'd 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 maybe put it like uh I don't know. I wanna see and that's the thing too, I wanna watch it again, which that's in of itself is rare for me, uh, to watch a movie again, um, specifically. Probably Infinity War I've watched more than once. Um, but this this movie I definitely I I've never felt felt the urge to wanna immediately watch a movie again after finishing this movie. Cause man, that's literally, um, I felt so compelled to what really want to watch it again. Um, yeah. So good. Uh, the, the pacing, everything wasn't, everything mattered, everything, uh, in the plot and the scenes made sense, had purpose. Um, they made the plot really just understandable. Uh, they did everything they needed to with this movie. They really did everything. I think every nerd envisioned of what this movie would be. I think they delivered tenfold, uh, on, in my opinion, it just, they, everything they wanted to accomplish from this movie, I think they really did. Um, ah, it's yeah, man, as a fan, especially as a fan of the MCU, ah, so good. It's really good. The, the villain, I think that was another, um, at least a surprise for me, each villain like was really good in terms of like their personalities, you know, like, I feel like, you know, in terms of the movies they came from originally, you know, in the original Spider-Man movies, um, they, I guess it depends on how you look at it. They felt very, I don't know, one dimensional, I guess, but it's like now being in the MCU, they definitely felt more rounded out. Like they had a lot of depth to them which I, I, I think obviously is a testament to the writers, but yeah, uh, they, they're <laughs> almost everybody was funny, which is very surprising. Like just being able to pull that off in of itself, I think is an achievement that, uh, every, literally every character, uh, in the movie just had, had something that's naturally funny. Not like, you know, let's be, I don't know. Let's be, um, forced, forced funny. Um, ah, it was so many I've, I've had, this is the, it was the most wide gamut range of emotions I had in the movie, uh, laughed, cried, um, applauded, cheered. Uh, it's definitely up there with uh end game and infinity war for sure hands down um 
I think it might be neck and neck specifically with Endgame, in my opinion. Now that I think about it, the more I'm thinking about it. Yeah. It's pretty damn substantial, I have to say. I'm still reeling over it. Like the, the more I think about it, the more like I go down this like rabbit hole in my head, which I, it's, it's been a long time since the movie has really made me feel like that, which I think again is a testament to how great this movie is highly recommended of, of course, if you love Spider-Man, if you, you know, love the, the older movies with the, these villains were in, um, it's very good. It's so good. Fuck. It is really good. It might, uh, man, it's, I'm debating this being like my favorite movie of all time. Now, like my little literal favorite movie of all time. It's, uh, it's that close. It really is. Oh, and, um, shouts out specifically to just watching this in the theater. Um, I've never been more, I guess, appreciative and thankful to actually watch this in a theater than versus, you know, like ah, this probably would have made me fork down $30 for their, um, you know, when Disney plus was having that thing, at least during the, well, I can't even say thick of the pandemic. We're still in it, but, um, when they were showing their movies on Disney plus, but you had to pay $30 on top of the existing, uh, subscription of Disney plus or something like that. But yeah, this was a very fun experience. Just watching this in the theater with, you know, uh, tweeted about this, but like minded fans that are all hyped and excited to watch this just as much as I am. And, you know, we're all collectively respectful and just polite. And it is, uh, it was a fun experience, man. It, it, it really showed me how wonderful, uh, and, um, I wouldn't say over overrated, but how, uh, not even that just the, the significance of, uh, the theater experience and like how unique of an experience, um, watching a movie in a theater versus like at home, uh, I think is specifically, this is definitely up there. Like with, you know, watching end game, and uh, Infinity War in the theaters with, you know, other like-minded fans and folks that uh, really appreciate the, you know, uh, fandom that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, um, yeah, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> it's funny, everybody's collectively cheering uh, when, you know, certain moments happen in the movie and uh, all <laughs> so so it's like, you know, of course, obviously there's parts where you cry and, you know, um, there was, uh, one moment, um, <laughs> you could hear, it's funny. You can hear the sniffles collectively within the theater. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I was kind of holding it in. I mean, overall I was holding it in and, um, Hold it in, and then you know, I was hearing uh, you know, people next to me and stuff sniffling, like, okay, uh, all right, I can sniffle a bit now, then okay, I don't, I don't feel as bad. <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah, it was funny. And then <laughs> shouts out to this little random small girl that was next to me um, in the theater, you know, with her family. Um, <laughs> I think she, she might have terrified her in general, but um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've, I've talked about this on Twitter as well, but, you know, she she um, she she was probably saw a very wide range of emotions for me that anybody uh, has seen, um, you know, in that respect. And <laughs> it was funny. I'm reflecting back on it now, but, um, you know, said moment where we were crying and um <laughs> Oh, of all the people, yeah, I think even her mom was crying, but she was like, mommy, why is he crying? <laughs> I'm trying to hold it in. In general, I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally on the verge of hyperventilating. I'm like containing it. And I'm like, <laughs> but luckily, thankfully I have a mask on. So at least I'm, you know, within the mask, I'm like ugly crying. I'm like, I'm ugly crying, but at least just the tears is coming out and you know, some snot coming out a little bit, you know, uh, cause of the mask and all the, I don't know, condescend. I don't know. Well, I guess naturally because we, when you cry, you do get some, some snot comes out anyway, but <laughs> it's funny thinking about it now, but man, I was trying hard as hell, uh, to hold back any and every, every ounce of, of my soul to, uh, not just start hysterically crying, uh, in that theater. Um, I was, I, I contained it very well. <laughs> it was a mix of breathing with the mask as well as crying. And then, um, <laughs> fogging up my glass. It was, it was, it was an experience, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was, it was like, it it was cool to experience something like that. You know what I mean? It, you know, in a theater, which, you know, obviously it's last thing, last time we've done that was Endgame infinity war in terms of something that was very substantial of an experience collectively, you know, as an audience watching this movie, you know, unfold. So who man, no way home. Who, I've never like in my mind immediately made up like, man, I got to get that 4k UHD Blu-ray when it come out. But this is like literally a movie I'm like, and I don't even buy physical movies like that. It's like, it's really, really fucking good. Really fucking good. Everything that like, um, everything that I think we all envisioned and wanted to happen. Um, I guess, I guess that's very subjective really when you think about it. So I can't even really say that, but I feel like what they needed to do, they did, you know, without spoiling and things like that. But yeah, so at least <laughs> that's what I did. I segmented this um, to, uh, this is the non spoiler part. So I am actually going to get into spoilers. I'll put a, actually put for the video viewers, a, uh, spoiler tag on screen, um, to really 
We bought the gush. I am. Uh, I am. We bought the gush. I gotta get it out. Gotta get it out. <laughs> it's that good. I have to. So, um, you know what? I think we will. This is just a uh, warning that uh, we about to get into Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers. No Way Home spoilers. Uh, if you are interested in watching it, I mean, I highly recommend you do that first. Please don't. I'm thankful uh, I, I did not get spoiled um, going into this movie. And I'm so thankful I, I, I did. I, I didn't. So I wouldn't wish that on anybody else. And that is at least why um, I'm doing said tagging. So again, warning, warning, warning. No way home. Spoilers, Spider-Man. Very last segment of the show. After this, this is pretty much done. So, I mean, as well, if uh, this is the last segment you're at, feel free. You know, if you've not watched it, wanted to watch it, of course, obviously. Thank you for watching. I always appreciate it watching and or listening. <sighs> okay, I think think we're good. All right, let's. Let's get into it, man. Okay. First off. Freaking Matt Murdock. <laughs> uh, just just building off that hype train of uh, the reveal of Vincent uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin in the uh, MCU, which is crazy. Just the implications off that alone uh, are just so many, man, these uh, theorists and Marvel's theorists on uh, YouTube, at least specifically shouts out to our new rock stars. I always watch their content really, really enjoy speculating, uh, you know, with them in that respect, um, man, the implications implication. So at least the first one obviously is that, you know, all the Netflix MCU people technically are canonized in the MCU that maybe they were technically within this universe all along until now that they were solidified. Um, but I, I know it's, this has been discussed, but like the kind of be weird because like (laughs) this is encouraging people to watch the Netflix shows rather than, you know, their stuff on Disney plus, which I'm curious how that is going to be handled. Um, you know, there's been talk about it being multiple ways, but it's pretty dope just to see Matt Murdock from the freaking, uh, Netflix M N U Marvel Netflix verse N M U. Um, actually now be, uh, canonized into the M M C U. It's pretty dope, pretty fucking dope. Oh, uh, and it, oh man, when he cut, ca- he catched the damn brick. Uh, oh, it was so, so fucking the whole, the whole crowd. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shoot. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't say that literally, but you know, 
Um, uh, that was that was very good. Uh, what else? Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, seeing all the uh, villains from um from the uh you know uh respective movies uh, previous uh Spider-Man movies was was dope um and like i said uh at least pre-spoiler they definitely felt way more multi-dimensional now at least specifically the comedy aspect which i didn't think they really had um at least i was uh starting to theorize at least while i was watching movies thinking like maybe they might um uh, might form a sinister six like they come in and be introduced into this universe and then possibly, you know, maybe somehow form a sinister six or something like that, which I thought would be pretty dope. I guess maybe technically that might not be completely off the table, but, um, yeah, that's at least where I was going. Cause what there's, uh, and they really handled the, 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 the amount of villains on this as well. There's, who was it? There was uh lizard man shocker. Also <laughs> shout out to Jamie Foxx. He, he killed that role, man. Oh, uh, he had some of the, some dope ass lines. <laughs> I know you're going, y'all, you're not going to do this with me naked out here. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, man. All this the positivity and stuff. I thought you was a black spider man. It's like, Oh, Jamie, come on now. We, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. I mean, clearly that's a, that's like a wink in the camera moment, but it is, that is the best exception of a wink in the camera moment. Uh, super fan servicey fan moment that I would take any fucking day. So you got that. Um, yeah. So there was lizard man shocker. Um, Sandman, uh, Doc Ock. Did I say the Green Goblin? No, I said the Green Goblin. So that's five. And then six. Well, I guess, yeah, that would technically maybe could have been Kingpin, but at least we didn't see that as of yet. So I guess maybe in some way it could still be, po- excuse me, possible feasible, but we'll see. Um, what else after that? Of course, probably the, one of the best moments, best scenes in the movie was freaking, um, uh, the magic of, uh, I forgot Spider-Man's friend. I forgot his name, but her and, uh, him and Mary Jane, which I know that's not her name. It's different. MJ. Um, (laughs) they freaking got, and confirmed freaking, uh, what is his name? The dude, amazing Spider-Man guy. Fuck. I got to look it up. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, amazing Spider-Man. And I was like, Oh my God, it's confirmed. Everybody was losing their, I was losing my, I was just like, you know, it was definitely heavily rumored. It's like, it's gotta happen. It's got to. And at least ugh, it felt so good to finally get that confirmation. Like, yes, hell yes. And then it's like, <laughs> they were like, wait, but wait, there's more. 
and then freaking uh what's his name um toby mcguire came through <laughs> looking like he, he he was just teaching some kids at church which is <laughs> funny they made that joke like <laughs> are you you just gonna fight crime in uh in that <laughs> what did he say something along those lines like uh church uh church uh teacher or something like that i forgot what he said uh verbatim but it was something along those lines like some church <laughs> church reformist or something like that um oh and then on top of that just the chemistry and the yeah just overall chemistry between toby and andrew garfield oh it's so good and then just the the, the stuff that makes sense just like you know Hey, uh, Toby, man, your, uh, your web shooters, they just come out of your hand. Like they're your natural fluids. Like we don't got that. It's like, Oh, y'all don't. Ah, it's like, that's literally what we would want from this movie in terms of like, you know, interacting between each other. It's like, I love you guys, man. It's like, man, we love y'all too, man. Ah, ah, so fucking good. Uh, it was just so much comedy and that again, that wasn't like force. It's just like, yes, this makes sense. <laughs> the one, uh, moment where they like, uh, uh, Peter's friend called like, Hey, Peter, he's like, Oh, 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 you mean me? <laughs> All of them came up. Uh, no, Peter Parker. Uh, oh, uh, me. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's yes. Thank you. Yes, Marvel, you get it. You get you get it so much. So ha uh, ah uh, so fucking good. Ugh. Oh man. So damn good. It really was. <sighs> um and then of course the fight between, you know, the huge showdown between all of them. Uh it just was really, really good. Just, uh. And then, uh, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, Mary Jane dying was, was pretty, pretty sad. Um, I, part of me thought mm, maybe she might come back and then, then, then it really hit it home towards the end. Uh, you know, where it all, you know, it really sunk in, which, yeah, that was, I think so. Mary, Mary Jane dying didn't really hurt me, but when, because I thought she might come back, but at least before that, the whole realization that like, sorry, Peter, like literally we all have to, you know, put the spell of forgetting you to actually have it work. And, um, uh, you know, that, that hurt a lot to be honest that I don't know how, just how it was. It just got to me, uh, specifically the whole fact that like, yeah, you have to forget all, all your friends will not remember you more than, than MJ. She's like, but I, I mean, I want to remember you. There's gotta be some other way we could do this. And I don't want to forget you. And, oh, oh, just, just waterworks waterworks that's 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 the moment where i was like uh, <laughs> why is he crying mommy 
background is pretty funny, but oh uh, man, my eyes were so red after the after everything was said and done. Uh man. Oh that was that was rough. It was rough. And then ah, uh, what even hit hit harder was after, you know, the spell was in place and you know everybody uh forgot about Peter. Um you know, he went back to where Mary Jane worked as well as his uh his friend uh visited as well and um you know, he tried to talk to her like, "Hey, um, you know, uh, you know, being very surface and, you know, like like they don't know each other and then, you know, having a conversation and seeing that natural connection that they kind of had before kind of somewhat form and then, you know, see Peter like just accepting like, you know, hey, they're OK. And then just going on and then, oh, man. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. That uh, that wrecked me. And then on top of that, then on, then they, t- they decided to put MJ. I mean, um, uh, Mary, uh, what's her name? Aunt May, Aunt May, right? Aunt May. Yeah, Aunt May. Aunt May. <laughs> I had to think about that. Um, have her funeral, or I mean, you know, visit her tombstone. And then that kind of hurts too. Like, you know, happy showing up and like, you know, how'd you know her? It's like, um, you know, she knew Spider-Man or something like that. That's like, damn. Ah, that, that, that was like, I got stabbed and then they twisted it. It's like, Oh God. Yeah. So it was some hard fire, uh, waterworks. And then I was like, (laughs) I was containing it so hard because like I, I literally wanted to uh, just start bawling loudly, but you know, obviously out of respect in the theater, I contained it with every, every ounce of my being. Um, (laughs) I was like, just, just gyrating. Oh, that was funny. At least reflected back on it. Now it's funny. Oh man, my eyes were bloodshot red, man. Who was rough. But uh yeah, after that and of course the uh mid credits uh where they showed Venom, of course. A part of me thought maybe Venom would would come in like be the fourth person to help him out, which I guess would kind of be a bit weird, but I thought I think they could have made it work where he just randomly, Hey guys, what are you doing? Oh, Oh, you fighting people? Well, the lethal enforcer here is going to help you all. And you know, something like that. I thought that would have been kind of cool. I'm guessing I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. It might've been like a deleted scene that will probably release in the, um, the, uh, uh, you know, Blu-ray DVD, uh, additions. Um, but of course the freaking, mid credit scenes where they mid credit scene where they had him <laughs> that was kind of messed up, but I get it at the same time where like, you know, he's clearly in the same universe as uh Peter like, Oh man. And then the, the bar, this bartender is telling pretty much recapping the events of this, the MCU universe to uh, Tom Hardy's uh, venom. And he's uh 
you know, they're having a conversation and like, Oh man. Oh <laughs> well, no. It was the bartenders like, Hey, so you guys are going to pay the bill. You should pay the bill. It's like, uh, I'm not sure about that. And <laughs> then right before they, uh, were, well, I guess we're, you know, things are about to get heated. Uh, he got blipped back into his, um, presumably his, uh, native universe. And, but, <laughs> uh, be, at least the, 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 um, I don't even know how you describe it. The, um, consequences of, um, going into that other universe. It, uh, weirdly, I'm not sure how this works technically, but when he got poof back a part, a little spick of the venom, venom, uh, the symbioteness, <laughs> <laughs> Symbioteness uh spilled on the on the um uh the uh bar counter and so now it's like well it's a lot of implications I think you can take from that. At least the one initial one was because I think they were hinting at that Venom can, you know, has a lot of cosmic abilities and specifically universes and stuff like that that maybe that is technically could be a conduit for him to come back to um, Spider-Man's universe and, you know, have the fun uh, kooky antics that they, you know, at least used to have, at least from what I recall from the comics. Well, not the comics, but the animated series, I guess that, or it, it could in I guess initially maybe infect Peter, uh, you know, like the uh, comics and stuff. And, maybe that would be like a, a plot point in the next movies. Cause I think they confirm that he's going to be in three more movies after this or something like that. So they, uh, excuse me, they set it up definitely for this to be continued for sure in any way they want. They definitely gave them a, a themselves a very comfortable blanket to like, kind of reboot in a weird way, which is, you know, kind of weird in the context of this, this, uh, series of, of his movies, but it technically kind of sets it up for him to kind of start a new <laughs> in terms of a whole new plot lines and, and yeah, which is crazy, but, and I guess maybe, uh, obviously that they can affect somebody else or, um, you know, maybe there is a, a different Eddie, not, I don't know. They, that would get a bit too confusing, but I mean, I don't know. I think the biggest likelihood is the fact that it, it would be a conduit for Venom to transport back to, um, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man universe. And somehow that may come into play. Cause it's kind of messed up. Like Tom Hardy literally is transported into his, his, uh, universe, but they never interacted at all. And then he, ah, oh, crap, I got to get transported back. And then they just dropped that droplet of his symbioteness. I don't know. I think that's, that's probably, that's my suspicion. My theory is that he'll, he'll be able to use that in some way, shape or form to come back to this universe. Um, to mess fuck with Tom, fuck with Tom Holland and, you know, have hilarious antics. Cause 
you cannot just not have Spider-Man and Venom, you know, have their hair have their fun, um, which I definitely would like to see. But then after that, they like gave you a full blown trailer to uh, the next. Uh, well, um, Doctor Strange and the House of Madness, I think, um, which is pretty dope. You get like a substantial like a lot of context and information from that, which is pretty dope. I thought I, I definitely liked it. So who man, uh, it, and then that's the thing on top of it. It was like, it was like, a, like a overload of like, just, whoa, it's like so much like very important, substantial information that came with that movie. It's like, fuck, I really want to watch it again and kind of pick up on some other stuff. I didn't, uh, possibly realize, uh, as well, even though I tried to absorb everything, but man, it's really fucking good. Just, uh, they, they, they treated Toby and, uh, Andrew Garfield so well. Uh, that was just like, the most perfect ideal inf- implementation of, of, of them into this. Ugh, it was so freaking good, man. Uh, it's like literally every scene. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I would want from this. <laughs> and they delivered it like exactly. Uh, and then some that, ugh, it's really good, man. I'm still reeling over it, man. That's I've never like been that like impacted by a movie in like a really long time. I, I dare I say even like Endgame. I don't think I think Endgame felt very conclusive. So I think that was part of it. But like just with this, it's like. Uh, they just did everything I wanted personally. Uh, I guess <laughs> the one negative gripe, if I could really, and that's, uh, this technically really isn't, but like would have liked to have seen Venom, but I know he's probably going to come in the next line of Spider-Man movies to some extent. I did find it interesting that, uh, Tom Holland did swing over Rockefeller center, which is literally, uh, what I think the, finale of Hawkeye is gonna be uh at as well. Some I I doubt it's gonna be maybe it could be a Tom Holland cameo, but knowing how strict I think Sony is of using Spider Man in certain movies that I don't think they would just have him as a minimum. Maybe they might reference him. I could see that, especially with the Kingpin uh thing. Probably just the implication of just some continuation and interaction between, you know, him and Kingpin would be pretty dope. Um, it's like a lot of, lot to process. I think that's it. I'm just like trying to process and like, man, did this really happen? Cause like, it is so good, man. Ah, it's so good. I'm sorry. It's just like, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I literally like was like blank in like, 
reflection to like how could a movie be this so damn good and damn pretty much perfect i can't really think of anything i didn't like it's like the pace was really good everything just was important and made sense ah yeah i guess you could pick at the fact that you know well no that's kind of expected of peter so i can't even say that i was gonna criticize the fact that you know peter you know fought dr strange like hey we can save these people and technically they he did uh but you know at the cost of um uh aunt may so yeah man is really good. Yeah, I'm definitely want to watch it again. And that is very I like I said that is very rare for me to want to watch a movie again at least as, <laughs> as well in the theater. I think only Infinity War I watched a couple times. Uh I don't think I did with Endgame for some reason, but I definitely would. Um yeah. Okay. I think that is, uh, <laughs> I think that'll, that'll do it for, um, for the spoilers I think that'll conclude that. And, um, yeah, I think outside of that, that also will conclude episode 134 of switches sites. Um, yeah. If you did enjoy, uh, and or listen, <laughs> enjoy and or listening to the show, uh, feel free to like rate, subscribe, uh, five star rating or whatever rating you want on your other various podcasts and platforms. Appreciate it. Catch me live recording on Twitch TV slash they switch. Thursday evenings, at least in this case night. Also, uh, youtube.com slash a switch as well, which these uh, videos are also uploaded to. You can also follow me on Twitter at a switch. Um, yeah, Whew, that was a great Christmas present. <laughs> but until next time, uh, y'all happy holidays. See you in 2022. Um, get your damn game on. Feel free to fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah.
nobody's safe. 